0: Hey guys, welcome to the Short Term Show special episode series on Shenandoah, Virginia. A couple things I want to hit you with first before we get into the episodes. One, current purchase prices and current income data can be found on our website at theshorttermshop.com. So make sure you check that out because that can change all the time also if you guys want to hang out with us and just talk about short-term rental stuff you can do that with us and sixty thousand of our closest short-term rental investor friends at our facebook group same title as my book short-term rental long-term wealth make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and all of our podcasts if you can because that really helps us out uh, you can subscribe to our youtube channel the short term shop youtube and then also follow us on instagram at the short term shop and if you're ready to buy a house with us in any of our 20 markets you can email us at agents at or really any of the avenues that i just gave you now let's get into it
1: there we go short term shop special episode shenandoah today we're going to talk about putting your team together man this is a it's a huge part of it for me. I, I've never sold a house in my life. Let me get that out of the way. Ne- never been a real estate agent. Uh, I've sold my own houses like twice, and I regretted it both times. Uh, but I'm not an agent, uh, but we do have a wonderful agent uh, from the Shenandoah area, uh, Mr. Alan Taylor. How you doing, buddy? Doing great. Glad to be here. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, uh, and Alan, of course, does own and operate uh, short terms of his own. And, um, and uh, today we're going to talk about putting your team together. Uh, this is something near and dear to my heart, as uh, I'm married to one of the biggest real estate agents in history. She's a total rock star, uh, Avery, of course, uh, from the short term, and very important to me to have a good agent on my side. Somebody that's plugged into the market. Somebody that uh, somebody that if you ask them a question about a house, they already know everything about that house, or they're willing to find it out in a five minute period. You know, um, it, it, there's it blows my mind when they're, every, every now and then you run into somebody who thinks that agents are not not necessary, you know, but to me, it's, wait a minute. Yeah. I mean, it's literally like doing your own surgery. So I don't get that part. So we'll talk about agents, obviously quite a bit today, since, uh, Alan is on board and we'll talk lenders and home inspectors, cleaners, handy people, uh, et cetera. So, uh, you know, what are we looking for in an agent? Um, I mean, I, I, this is something that's discussed at, uh, at, you know, extensively around here, but, uh, let's not hesitate to repeat ourselves. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of agents out there that, are, first of all, what kind of agent am I do- talking about? And yes, we want you to use a short-term shop. All right. Maybe it is just a big sales pitch at the end of the day, but it, there's a reason for it. We're the best in the business. And some agents, you got to be careful. There's some agents out there to, that are dealing, uh, dealing with, uh, you know, primary homes and, Uh, mobile homes and they're just kind of taking whatever they can get and maybe not quite as knowledgeable and, you know, maybe uh, haven't done a ton of deals or maybe they're doing too many deals. You know, it kind of runs the whole spectrum. A lot lot of, uh, here's another one. A lot of real estate podcasts and such will recommend that you talk to multiple agents. I personally found that that was a terrible idea because they're going to, none of them are going to like you if they end up finding out about that but uh, alan what do you think on that subject Should i talk to more than one agent
0: uh, that's i i have mixed feelings on that i've like my own personal experience doing that yeah it, it usually does not end up creating good relationships with the the people you talk to and i feel like there's also some risks as far as like you're going to get told what you what they what they think you want to hear and I, I feel like there's some risk to that some of these agents um uh, we'll sell you like up and down. Like they're the, the, they're going to tell you they're the best for looking for investment real estate, but that's not always going to be the case. So, uh, yeah, you got to do your homework, but it doesn't always pay to like interview or, you know, talk to lots of different agents at the same time. you're just going to get yourself mixed up.
1: And you know, they're going to, they're going to catch on. It's, it's almost like dating, (laughs) you know, at some point she's going to realize that you're out there running around with four other girls and she's not going to like that, you know? Uh, but, uh, Uh, so in my experience, it's always been, it's the time you can train your agent too. Like, you know, if you're the type of person that's going to end up buying a hundred houses and I've done that, you know, I, I handpicked an agent and trained her. And if if you're the kind of person that's buying that many deals, you basically got your own, your own agent. You know what I mean? So, you know, I've got an agent in one of my long-term rental markets. She doesn't really do anything other than work with me. Um, and, uh, and it's 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 actually a pretty good feeling to be able to 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 keep her that busy. Now that's obviously very you know difficult. Not everybody can do that, but um, having somebody on your side that's got your best interest is 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 key. And I will say that it is hard. It's hard if you've never closed a deal because agents work on ten ninety nine, and and if you don't close a the deal, they don't get paid. Uh, is that right? No, but it's just the way it's always been, and it has nothing to do with real estate agents in general. That is the way of life. Or somebody in 1099 it's a different lifestyle it's a different world and so that's some mind as a somebody if you're a w2 person um you can't hold it against us 1099 people number one 10 and I, i'm not an agent again i'm not an agent but i do get most of my re- rental some of my rental income comes 1099 some of it is well it's all going to come on a 1099 and then you put it on schedule e we we get crapped on quite frankly in most aspects of life we don't have the freedom of time you know when the clock strikes five we're still working you know a lot of times our, we get if you're an agent alan i don't want to speak on your behalf here but you're going to get busier after everybody else is off off the clock because that's when they have time to to think about stuff like this and also let's not forget our taxes are much higher on 1099 you know so Uh, It is a completely different way of life uh, and it does have its ups and it has its positives for sure. You know, we get to be in some aspects a little bit more free, but just keep that in mind. If you're a W2 person and dedicated to your day job, which is great. I love that. You know, I had a W2 for a long time. Um, and it really is the best way to come up with down payments and and uh, financing. Um, but uh, you know, you got to understand that uh, being an agent is is a bit of a different way of life. Um, some sometimes folks say just pick the agent answers the phone first. Uh, is this the right thing to do?
0: Man, I would say that's probably not the the best uh, guidance there. If if that agent is just waiting around for the phone to ring, um, what are they doing with all that other time? I mean, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I got to ask, like. Uh, if somebody is just sitting by the phone waiting for it to ring, I mean, there's there's all kinds of other stuff they could be doing. They should be busy with clients. They should be out there, you know, looking at homes, all that kind of stuff. Um, and if they're the first person to answer the phone, um, who knows? I mean, if once once you are their client, are they just going to interrupt whatever they're doing to answer the phone instead of uh, working for you? I don't know. That, that's the questions I'd be asking myself. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I will say as a buyer, I do my agent to be very responsive. Um, and I'm a text guy, which is something that I'm trying to get out of as I get older, uh, the text messages, uh, you know, like an old person that doesn't want that wants to talk on the phone, but you just can get more done that way in some cases, or like, you know, you never know if you're texting all day long with somebody who's not good at texting, it's not going to, they're not going to interpret it right. Uh, somebody that is not a text person you know what I mean? There's going to be some, uh, miscommunication there. That, so that's something, com- how you communicate with your agent, I think is more important than just the first person's the phone because you're right. Generally the person that's like been assigned to answer the phones in the brokerage that day is going to, it probably doesn't, you know, they're pretty low on the totem pole as number of deals that they close. And it depends on the brokerage. Some brokerages are not even going to have somebody that answers the phone, you know, um, so uh, yeah, you know, it could go either way there. I do personally like somebody who's super responsive and on top of my needs. I've bought stuff in the past, just because the salesperson not even just houses, but just because the salesperson was kick-ass, you know. Uh, I bought a tractor recently and I, I knew what tractor I wanted and I shopped it around, I don't, we've got a farm, and I shopped it around to three different, uh, three or four different tractor places. And I went, you know, it was the same damn tractor, it was pretty much the same damn price. Uh, but I went with the guy that I got the best vibe from. So vibe is is definitely a big deal there. Um, you should get a pretty good vibe from your agent. And the truth is, is if they're specialized, you know, see, again, I, sales pitch time. If The, the shop is so niched down uh, that it's just a win-win, you know? I mean, if you go to Allen, this is all he does all day he's not playing around with other asset classes and most agents don't have that luxury most agents have to do whatever comes through the door and so that's why you know that's another beautiful thing about the shop but uh, anyway uh, i just want everybody to believe in us because we believe in you man so um you know and then another thing that you see on facebook all the time let's talk about um when it comes to real estate agents referrals are a real thing you'll on facebook all the time where somebody will say they're not even just facebook but just anywhere in the world, times an agent will get like a referral fee. So if somebody says, I'm looking to buy a house in Shenandoah, and it's just a random real estate agent that happens to see that, they'll say, oh, sure, let me hook you up with my friend that does this in Shenandoah. And then that person that's in like Minnesota, never even been there before, takes a cut of the deal. It's, it's very common in the insurance business as well. Referrals are running rampant. And uh, and uh, you got to be careful with that because uh, then, then, then the agent... On the other end, if you're doing a deal with Alan and he's got to give a cut to somebody else, he might, you know, be a little less uh, interested in, uh, in doing the deal. So I guess a good way to do it. Alan, how do I, how do I avoid that? You know, like, I guess, well, one thing that comes to mind is ask if you're getting a recommendation from somebody, ask them if they've actually done a deal with that person have you closed a deal with this person you're recommending because if not you can guarantee it's a referral situation and for me personally i don't like a lot of hands in a cookie jar let's just get down to brass tacks and get this thing done see what i'm saying there
0: yeah i would totally agree with you so like if if i were to like send a, like a colleague of mine over to like a different market and say hey you know I, I would recommend working with this person i'm not i'm not looking for a referral i just want that person to succeed like i i want to, them to have a great experience with that agent i want them to you know find a great property i want them to be able to win and so it's it's not what's in it for me i i want them to succeed and that's the whole interest behind it so if somebody's asking you know for you know, like a referral fee or something like that i mean i'm i am i does not matter if i have to like give a cut to somebody else i i just want you to win I, i'm here you know fighting for you marketing for you i want you to win so it's not it's not going to be necessarily a motivating factor for me personally but uh, that may be the case with other agents. If they get a referral fee, they have to like you know you know slice slice. You know, they get a little 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 bit of a thinner slice of that pie, then yeah, they might not be working as hard as uh, as you'd like them to. And yeah. I did want to put something put something, something else like. You know, the agent who answers the phone first, like in this market, in, in a lot of markets around here, you're going to find like there's the cell phone reception is not always the, the greatest. I mean, if you're in like a mountain market, like you know, the Smokies or, you know, a little bit here in the Shenandoah, they may not be in a place that doesn't have like cell phone reception. They may not be the person who responds the first, but that could mean that they're out there working. And if, you know, as far as like responsive goes, every um, every client works a little bit differently. I, got, I have people who work just in text messages and I have agents that I've worked with. They prefer just text messages. They don't like getting on the phone. I don't like they don't like email. So it depends. Um, you get, find the agent that works well with your communication style. That's you know, responsive with the tempo that you work best with. And it's not necessarily the person who answers the phone first. And as far as like when it comes to like you know referrals and you know people who were going to be working hard for you, um, you know their agents are are interviewing you as a client just as much as you are interviewing them. And so that you know. Be sure to ask questions. Be be cognizant of the fact that uh, not every agent is going to want to work with uh, you know the person who just you know calls in from out of state somewhere. But there are things you can do to indicate to them that yeah you're serious and uh, you you intend to buy a property. And it, it, you might be a person who buys multiple properties, and they'll work even harder for you.
1: There are some agents out there that are uh, trying to make basically a living off of referrals, and they don't even close deals. So keep keep that in mind. You know. Uh, ask the agent that's giving you the referral, how many deals they close? Uh, you got to be careful. If you're new and don't have a lot of experience with agents and and buying a house, um, I, first of all, I'm just the kind of guy that I like to know how everything works. Uh, so let, let me ask you, what were what are some decent questions to ask an agent if I'm new and I'm uh, com- Maybe I'm maybe I'm coming into a new market. What's a decent decent question? You know, just as a noob, maybe. Four or five questions that I should ask.
0: I would say, I like, ask them what kind of real estate do you do you deal with. I mean, is this your specialty? Ask them what their what their focus is, and if they're not focused on something, uh, you know, that might be something worth considering. If if they're doing a mix of every little, you know, think if they're trying to do commercial and residential and investment, and they're just all over the place, um, they're going to have a hard time focusing on, um, you know, exactly what you guys have as goals. Uh, so so definitely be cognizant of that. But I would say also you know ask them like how well they know the area like ask ask them a few pointed questions like hey you know where where should i be looking here you know what what are the qualifications what, what properties are going to do well for you know a short term rental in this in this particular market and they should be able to you know rattle off like hey I mean, this is these are the you know this is what a good property is going to look like these are the areas you should be focused in and and uh heck you know they might even you know here in the short term shop we often like you know book a call with you to, to go over like an overview of the market to help you kind of focus in on the areas that are going to be most fruitful and they should be able to do something like that for you
1: absolutely yep uh to me you know it's mostly personality can i get along with this person and, and the and the communication style and the vibe you know um uh, just like anything in life um and uh and let's talk lenders let's talk lenders uh how do i find one uh a good place to start
0: so, I mean, here in the short term shop, we often have like local lenders that we've worked with, you know, people we've worked with in the past that, you know, are familiar with doing, you know, loan products for short term rentals, you know, second home loans, investment loans, all that kind of stuff. And you can either, you know, you know, hey, if you've got a lender you've worked with in the past, you've got, you've done deals with, you know, that's totally fine. But we always recommend finding somebody who's familiar with, um, you know, the local market and they've done deals, they've done loans here in, you know, it, it, here in the Shenandoah, somebody who's done loans on, you know. Um, you know cabins or properties out here in the Shenandoah region you know vacation rentals that they know the ins and outs and um, you know you can always feel free to interview your lenders like ask them hey have you done second home loans have you done investment loans here in, in this area you know what are the things to look out for what are the what are the pitfalls that kind of thing interview make sure that you know that they're they're confident that they can close and heck if they can close faster i mean this is still uh, you know as of right now it's still kind of a Lowish inventory market and and things are still moving pretty dang quick. So you know, ask them, hey, how fast can you close? And oftentimes that can be a huge motivating factor. It's a, it's a big value add as far as putting together an offer for a seller is being able to close quickly. So yeah, ask them all those questions. Absolutely,
1: yeah. And sometimes I don't even need to close today. I, I like to ask that anyway. Hey, if I if I had need, you know, could you close this thing in three weeks? Uh, could you close this thing in four weeks? Now, now, sometimes I don't need to, or even care. Sometimes it needs you can go four, five, six weeks, but uh, it is nice to know. It's just that's a good question to ask them. How how long are you getting? You know, cl- to to get something closed right now. Talk nationwide versus local. Uh, I think they both have a time and a place. Um, the the big nationwide kind of more of a maybe sometimes even a better product. Uh, maybe even a better interest rate, and um, you know uh, the they are more of a factory kind of like they just kind of rinse and repeat. Um, and, uh, and it's kind of nice to have that big machine on your side, but at the same time, so downside of that is the local folks are like plugged into the market. They know the agents, they know the, the neighborhood, they know the house in some cases, you know? So um, sometimes it can be comforting to to find that. And, and a lot of times it'd be pretty comparable to, um, to a nationwide uh, do you have any uh you know opinions on uh nationwide versus local or or, or give them both a try
0: i say give them both a try uh and i always recommend to people hey get competitive quotes go to go to more than one lender because there's a period of time if like if you're in the market for a house uh there's a period of time where you can go to several lenders and have them pull your credit and it's not going to ding your credit i want to say it's like 45 days or thereabouts there's probably a lender out there who's screaming out there and like yeah hey, no it's you know 90 days or you know, whatever it is but uh,
1: you know, it's a, to my knowledge it is 45 days go ahead
0: yeah and so it's there's a period of time when you can go to multiple lenders get competitive quotes and I highly recommend people do that now check out the nationwide guys and you know, one of the lenders that I recommend here locally is he's also based nationwide and so he's familiar with um, I mean doing you know second home loans investment loans all over the place so he can he can give you some insights and and uh you know kind of compare and, and Give you an idea of what to expect out there, and uh, yeah, I, I would recommend you know trying out some local guys, trying have some nationwide, see what you get, and uh, and and go with the one that that you've got a good comm- communication style with. I can't tell you how many times like, um, you know, be, a lender might have the lowest rates, but they might might not, might not be able to close in you know, a period of time that's reasonable where they, you know, the person, you know, never answers the phone, never, you know, responds to emails in a timely fashion. So, you know, if they've got like the, you know, the, quote unquote, the, the better pro, you know, like loan programs or lower interest rates, uh, if they're pain to deal with, that's, that's going to be a pain that you're going to have to deal with and your agent's going to have to deal with and the seller's going to have to deal with. So yeah, make sure you, um, don't just go with the lowest interest rate necessarily. Make sure you've got, uh, a well-rounded, um, uh, lender is going to be you know good on communication as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I got no problem paying just a little bit more on interest, um, to, uh, not necessarily to, in other words, if I got a pain in the ass, a mortgage por- person, that it's a p- 1% lower than a really awesome mortgage person. i are going to tough it out with the pain in the rear end mortgage person. Unless I feel like they're not going to get the deal closed. Like, unless they're going to like Cause you may, you never know. Somebody might just throw you a ridiculous rate just to kind of reel you in, and then come to the last second, and they're like, "Oh, never mind, we can't do this." You know, so um, go with your gut on that uh, for sure. Um, lenders are, in my opinion, that's the most important part of this gig. Is being a, a real estate person in general. If you're gonna buy more than one house in your life, to me personally, the money is the most important part. How do I get that next loan? Um, quite, well, the hardest part is getting the cash put down period that is always the hard part where do i get the cash to buy these things but the most important part to learn about to obs- if you want to get obsessed with something in my opinion the mortgage uh aspect of the business don't spend too much time worrying about the, your 10 conventional loans don't worry about that at some point you're going to run out of 10 conventional guess what if you've got enough cash to blow through 10 conventional loans. You don't have a lot of problems in life. Let's be real. You know what I mean? So I see that a lot of times where folk, new folks get hung up on, oh, my DTI, oh, my 10 conventionals. First of all, you know, again, and you got going on a tangent here, but D, so many noobs get uh, so sucked into the, I'm out of DT thing. Well, here's the deal. It basically coincides with your cash. If you're out of DTI, you are probably out of cash anyway. So just give it a year. Take your time. Be patient. Wait till you get another tax return. That'll make your DTI look better because the house you bought last year is making income. Once you get that income on a tax return, it makes your DTI go up. It'll probably be higher than when it was before you bought that house, but you need a tax return or two to make that happen. And guess what happens while you're waiting for tax returns? got time to build up your cash reserves and build up another down payment. That Again, my friends, is the, unless you're unless you go hit the lottery, or you got some kind of rich uncle with nothing better to do with his money than give it to you to buy houses, which is awesome. Both of those things would be awesome. Uh, but uh, yeah, otherwise, man, it's it's slow. You got to take your time, go slow. So uh, during that process, waiting on that cash to build up in your bank account, waiting on that that. Uh, uh, tax return to come back in and, and boost you back up again, read some books, listen to some podcasts, find out everything you can find out about lending. All right. Um, let's talk home inspectors. Here's a little known secret. I went to home inspector school, uh, never did practice, but uh, I went to school for it uh, just because I was so obsessed with uh, the house business. And this was before I ever knew anything about, you know, I never even read rich dad back then and didn't know it existed. And, uh, but I went to home inspector school in Lexington, Kentucky. It was awesome. Uh, I stayed in an Airbnb uh, and went to home inspector school. And um, uh, and uh, you know, these guys are important. They are. I will say that a lot of times a home inspection is kind of worthless, especially if you don't know what you're doing or how to read one. Well. If you don't know what your way around a house, what good is it to do with a look at this inspection? You know what I mean? So. To me personally, the best way to learn about a house is just work on the one you're in. You know, go to Home Depot, go swap out outlets, um, change your air filters, little stuff. You know, Um, if you're calling somebody all the time to fix every tiny little detail of your house, that's fine. I mean, I don't I'm not saying you need to put yourself to work. I'm not saying that, but you do need to know how this stuff works so that when when the items break, you can you can tell who and how to fix it. Right. But. When it comes to home inspectors, again, speaking the same language is very important. How quick are they? Um, I think, uh, uh, here's something I'll throw at you. Uh, when you're hiring your home inspector, I think it's very important that they make sure they put the age of all the uh, functions of the home, not just appliances, but you know, HVAC, uh, their best interpretation of the roof. This is one of the most important things I'm looking for on a home inspection. I want an age of everything. And a lot of times, uh, if they can't figure it out or don't know what it is, all you need is the serial number. Okay. If you got a serial number on a, a water heater, you can just Google it. There's a hundred different websites that'll tell you exactly how old that thing is. Water heater. I don't want a water heater that's older than 12 years in a long term, older than eight years in a short term, you know, something like that. But again, good news is there water heaters aren't that expensive, you know, but then to have a conversation with Hector, make sure that they're you know, uh, the first time you do it, you're going to make mistakes, okay? But there's there's some things that you're going to want to know, okay? I'm not afraid of a roof. 99% of the time, you can put a new roof on the house and just move on. And then you got a brand new roof, which is awesome. Now, if you got some issues, structural issues on the roof, fire, I, I four houses that have fires in the attic or went through to the attic but I go up there and I look at it and I feel like I've been doing this long enough. i got a pretty good idea of what I'm looking at and you know, okay. Yeah. It got a little chart up here and there, but, uh, they put in some, they reinforced it with some new, uh, new rafters and new joists, And, and then they come up and they, maybe they coat it all with kills. So it doesn't, you know, uh, uh, a protective paint basically so that it doesn't smell. Uh, and things like that. And, and I've, I've done, I have done that. I've bought houses that that had fires in the attic. Uh, a couple of them. I bought a duplex one time that the whole kitchen went up in flames and it went up to the second f- and I just put it in the budget. You know, I was about, it was that, that was actually a package of duplexes. I bought, uh, seven duplexes on the same street, uh, which is a dynamite deal at the time. It was stressful as hell, but looking back on it, it was dynamite. And, uh, and I just factored in that. I said, you know what? Um, here's what it's costing me it's just gonna cost me this much to go in here and kitchen uh put a new roof on this bad boy maybe sure up some of the the jo- the joists in the in the attic and uh and move on and uh, and we you know we got a great tenant living in there living living a great life in a beautiful home it's got grand tops now and nice floors and the whole nine yards you know uh, but anyway when it comes to a home inspector uh, i want i want as much detail as i can possibly get on uh, on the uh, foundation whether it's gonna be a crawl or a, a slab or Basement, uh, whatever it's going to be. That's where I want most of my emphasis. Because ninety-nine, I would say nine times out of ten, for me personally, it's the foundation that's going to tell me whether or not I'm going to buy the house. Almost everything else, if the deal's right and the numbers are right, um, I'm personally not that big, uh, not that worried about it. Uh, I've bought houses with you know squishy subfloors and things like that. As long as the joists underneath the house look good, and I can just go in and replace the subfloor, you know, factor that in, that kind of thing. Getting off way into the weeds now, but what are you looking for in a home inspector, there, Alan?
0: So this is a good question. I feel like this is a—it's going to be a little bit subjective, but I would say I—I w- I highly recommend to every single client that I work with that they personally interview the home inspectors and don't just rely on your real estate agent to go out and pick one. They, I mean, they're—they're they're going to try and pick the best one they can, but they're not—maybe they're not necessarily the one that works best with you, or they're not going to be—you know—looking for the stuff that you're interested in. Um. So your your agent can set this up, but I highly recommend that people um, you call around. Uh, you know, the, the talk to these you know home inspectors. Ask them what kind of report format they send out. You know, how soon after the the home inspection is done can you you expect a report? You know, what are their fees? You know, a- ask them all those questions. You be the one to pick pick this person out. Don't don't just rely on your agent. I mean, your agent is your representation. They're going to do the best they can to try and get you you know squared away. But uh, this is ultimately up to you. And you know, for for anybody who's like in that market, if you're if you're not if you're a remote buyer, I mean, it's a different thing. You're going to have to ask your your agent to kind of be there with the home inspector when I, when the inspection happens. But uh, I highly recommend, especially if you've never bought a home before, or you've never bought um, you know, used a home inspector, or you're not familiar with that process, if at all possible, I highly recommend you be there during that inspection. Just make sure that you can go around and ask questions. Um, that's a great opportunity to get um, get educated, and they can point all kinds of stuff out to you. You, you might not have ever thought about. I also don't recommend when they're when home inspection happens, that is not a time to bring your whole family and your cousins and your uncles to go see the house. That is a time for the, the inspector to kind of go through with a fine tooth comb and find everything he can. It's and he's not going to be wanting to to field questions from, you know, 16 people about, you know, this part of the house or that part of the house. It's 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 more for you to kind of focus on, you know, what things you need to be aware of about the house, the age of the water heater, the age of the HVAC system, the condition of the roof, anything that looks out of place with the foundation, you know, Like 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 Luke was saying there, I mean, there's there's a lot of aspects to a house and you're going to want a home inspector who's going to be paying attention to that. And if you've got any questions or like, hey, you know, this looks this looks odd or, you know, does this look normal to you? It's a great time to bring up those questions and you don't want your and and here's the reason I I recommend that people be the person to you you be the person to choose the home inspector is that you don't want there to be like you know, buyers remorse afterwards you want to be the person that kind of chose this and you know to feel good about the inspector rather than having your real estate agent you know pick somebody and all of a sudden you you get an inspection report that you weren't expecting or it wasn't in the format or you know it's not as thorough as you're hoping it would be uh you be the person to interview it just like a lender or a real estate agent uh, this is this is on your buying team he's working for you make sure that you're comfortable with what he's going to be producing and sending out to you
1: yes excellent points and and I will say that I if my real estate agent uh, recommends uh, an in- inspector. Pretty good chance I'm going to go with them. But you're right. Uh, just because they recommended them is not a a a, a go. It's not the go zone. Uh, but I will say that you know a lot of times your agent is is recommending this person because they've had success with them and they were good and they're getting getting the deal done. You know, so um, uh, excellent points there. Excellent points. Let's talk Candyman Cleaners. Other vendors you're going to need after you close. Uh, you know how am I finding them? I would say Turno obviously has uh, been gaining a lot of steam lately, but uh, uh, and we do have a small Facebook group in your market. But uh, uh, where, where are you having success with cleaners lately?
0: So yeah, I would say uh, tune into the local Facebook groups. Uh, they often have cleaners that uh, advertise services there. There's usually a good place to start. Uh, you know, that's somebody who's you know, essentially, essentially saying, "Hey, I'm I'm working in this market and looking to expand." So they've usually got a team in place there. They've usually got some experience. And you know, feel free to ask them for references. You know, if you run across somebody like that in a Facebook group, uh, oftentimes they'll have other clients that they'll be happy to recommend, and you can kind of get a good idea of what their what their work ethic is like by talking to some of their other clients. And uh, you know, Turno is always a good place to start as, as well. You can get some uh, uh, you can get some competitive bids there as well. Um, I haven't had a whole lot of experience with uh, with Turno in this market in particular, but yeah, it's always worth a try. And so, yeah, I would say stick with. Um, you know the local Facebook groups. Ask other hosts in the area. It's always you know something worth trying, isn't it? You'll know, reach out to Airbnb, and sometimes you can get other hosts to kind of say, "Hey, this is you know who my cleaner is." You know that doesn't doesn't always work, and uh, and not every host appreciates when you reach out that way. But uh, it can be worth a try.
1: Yeah, swimming pools in your market, and uh, and how do I find a pool guy?
0: So there's not a lot of swimming pools out in this market. There's a lot of hot tubs and that's a, an amenity I always recommend people install, but there's, there's a lot of hot tub servicing, you know, hot tub sauna, you know, pool servicing companies out here. And uh, it's not hard uh, to to find them. So like, you know, Shenandoah national park in the Shenandoah region, you know, it touches eight or nine different counties. So it's a huge area it just takes like two hours to drive from the top to the bottom. And that most of the companies that I've talked with are willing to service, um, you know, with a 60 to hundred mile radius of where their, their storefront is and there are I don't know. There's probably five or six that I've counted just you know driving around out there. So you're you're not going to have a lot of trouble there. But do make sure that they they know what they're servicing. Uh, I it was I had a hilarious conversation with uh, a hot tub uh, company out there. It's like yeah I'm I'm working with uh, some short term rental clients and uh, you know they they're going to want to install you know hot tubs and do you guys offer servicing on that. And I could not get this lady to understand that I wasn't asking to rent their hot tub. Like she thought I wanted to like rent their hot tubs on a short-term basis, like truck them out from their store and return them to their store, you know, after like a week or so. And I could not, I for the life of me, I could not get this lady to understand. I was like, no, this is a hot tub that they're going to buy and put into property for short-term rental. And it was just a, you know, just make sure that they understand like. Servicing is you're you're going to be purchasing a hot tub and putting it at a short-term rental property. Uh, is just, uh, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought I would ever have to like give that uh, caveat. But yeah, uh, d- just make sure that they know what uh, what to expect as far as servicing. You know, it could be on a weekly basis. It could be on you know every 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 single guest depends on what you're what what you want to do as a host. But uh, definitely make sure they understand what the uh, what their servicing tempo is going to look like.
1: Yeah, when you're brand new, you know you, you you can it's it's scary to think. Oh my goodness, I have to hire these people. Um, what if it doesn't work out? I'm far away. Everybody's always far away from the property. It's always like that in short term. It's one of the things in short term. Nobody lives near these things. Nobody lives in these towns. Period. Only people like me and Alan are crazy enough to live in in these vacation towns, which they're awesome. But uh, it's not for everybody you know so uh uh, i've a couple of pointers there i don't think it's even worth your time to go and start even you know looking to hire a cleaner or a handy person until you are really freaking close if not already like ready to open for business and take your first guest Uh, because i think a lot of times the cleaner is going to be like uh wait a minute uh you you don't need me for like three months why are you calling me now you know um and then also another thing don't make them change their processes you know if you're if you like a cleaner, if you get a good vibe, a good vibe from this person, you think you can trust them for a little while, at least to get things moving, um, just just lean on their systems. You know, I mean, there's no reason to get in there and completely change. They're cleaning like 20 other properties, you know, so you're just, you're one person with one house and you're brand new in most cases. So, um, uh, you know, trust them, trust them, do your best to to make, make their life easier. Don't stress them out because they're not going to like that. Cleaners do not like to be uh, micromanaged, you know, so... What else did we miss? Anything, or how are we feeling? I, I feel pretty good on uh, building our putting our team together here in Shenandoah. But uh, any other notes on our way out?
0: I, I think we touched most of the bases. I, I would say if there's any other people you need to like add to your team, like you know HVAC or you know handyman or something like that. Uh, oftentimes your real estate agent should have you know people on hand, people that they've worked with before, people have had a good good experiences with. So so listen to your agent, but also do your own homework. Make sure that any recommendations they give you, you know, call them up, talk to them interview them, ask them a couple of questions, make sure you've got a good communication vibe with them. And uh, yeah, you can go from there. But yeah, when, yeah, foot stomp, like you don't need to do this like three months in, a, a, in advance of a purchase. Like if you're, if you're looking to hire like, you know, a cleaner, you know, be within a week closing at, at least, you know, make sure that they've, you know, that you've got a time when you can actually go out there and meet them at the property, if at all possible to interview them and make sure that you've got a good work ethic with them.
1: Hiring and firing is a skill. If you've never done it before, it's scary and it's stressful and it's hard. It really is. It's hard. So just, you just know, it's just like anything else in life. It really is. You know, I always go back to the running analogy cause I'm a big runner. And so like, you know, if, if it's something you want to get into, I remember my first couple of runs back in the day, you know, like I was scared to death and I smoked cigarettes and I was like, Oh man, what is this? Why am I even doing this? But I knew I want, there was something out there that was better for me that I wanted to try. Um, and, uh, and I just pushed through and I got better at it and I got better at it. Next thing you know, you're running half marathons and don't even blink. You know what I mean? So, uh, it's good to see you, buddy. Putting a good team together here in Shenandoah, wonderful market. And, uh, if you need us, call us anytime or don't call us, uh, send us a message, uh, uh text me, <laughs> the short Uh, thank you so much.